Welcome to another episode of the Oscar Central Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we're going to continue on with our Miss Oscarpunities, and we're going to fo focus on the Best Supporting Actor race. Um, I'm very excited today because we have a panel of individuals that have not been on the Oscar Central Podcast as of late. First off, I'm going to kick up. Larry, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for inviting me on and having me here this morning. Thank you for joining us. Jillian, welcome to the show. It's the first time I've ever podcast with you at all, so I'm excited. Yes, thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. Oh, man, I love the accent, right? You know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, I, I just have like a half-assed Southern accent. Jackson, Jackson, what Jackson? Jack, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Your Zoom confused me a little bit. I know you as Jax. Jackson, I didn't know the mixture there, so that's my fault. But that's my that's my legal name, but oh. it is what it is. <laughs> hey Jonah, how are you today? Um, I'm I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. This is cool. <laughs> Anybody listening, I have to just highlight the poster behind you, Paul Blart, Paul Blart Mall Cop. Um, that's right. <laughs> incredible. Yeah, now that's good. like a joke, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, okay. I, there was a poster sale in my, uh, in my uh, near my college, and I saw that. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna not get that. And now it's just in the background of like my YouTube channel and everything. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah, I have several like obscure posters that kind of make me laugh. So it's it's pretty good. So before we dive into the draft, and I'll go over a draft in just a second. Um, I'm gonna go around the table, kind of same way I went, Larry, with you first. We do have Top Gun Maverick coming out this coming weekend. Um, do you have any excitement for the film? And did you watch the original recently? I actually just rewatched the original yesterday um, in anticipation because it's been a very long time since I've really watched or thought about Top Gun too much. So I had to rewatch it because I think I was a kid when I saw Top Gun. Um, it's 80s cheese to the max of full on. I forgot just kind of how sappy it is overall. It actually prompted me. I'm probably going to put something up on Twitter asking what the like gayest bro movie of all time is. Because I think Top Gun is pretty, it definitely is competing for, for the title. It's, it's very homoerotic throughout the entirety of that film. Um, but Top Gun, this new one, Top Gun 2, I, I'm excited. I could definitely am a little bit more excited with just how much everyone and their mother is seeming to love it uh, because the trailers looked fine, but they gave off, you know, kind of dude, dad, joke vibes. So I was like, I mean, cool, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to see it, but sure. So, I mean, I'm still not like, oh my God, for it personally, but you know, the excitement level has been raised based on early indicators. Julia? Um, I tried to watch the original recently, but I just like couldn't get through it. Like I've heard about it before, listened to the songs. Um, all I know is like the volleyball scene. Like that's my understanding of Top Gun. Um, but I, was, I don't know. I like 80s movies, so it's like I should give it a try, but I just couldn't get through it because I don't think I like 
military movies at the same time so it was kind of conflicting um but I do like the cast in the new one I just think it's like if I have the time I'll go see it like I like that everyone's excited about it and that you know it looks good and that it is like a legacy reboot sequel that seems to be like doing well and doesn't from what I've been hearing feel like it's just like a cash grab so I appreciate that and I appreciate that it's gonna get people back to theaters but I don't know if I'm the audience for it, but you know, I love I love when people are excited about things. So it's like if it has its audience, that's cool. Yeah, like for me, I, I felt the same way. Like when I watched rewatched the original, I was like, what? It, like I don't. I thought this was like a. For some reason, people like. I guess it's just really every '80s dad, right? You know what I mean? Like this that 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 those people that really loved it were all those dads from that. So they like built it up in my head where I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. I just love Tom Cruise too. That's just a side note. I love Tom Cruise. I love his work, but the soundtrack is incredible. Like I could listen to the soundtrack all day. Like it's a great, but a lot of those eighties movies have some great soundtracks to it. Jack, what about you? You know, it's so crazy to think that it's finally coming out. Cause I remember going and seeing Tenant in 2020 in the middle of the pandemic and seeing the trailer for the first time on the big screen and was like, wow, that was something. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. I think uh, like Larry said now, with the hype that's coming around it, how it's been very well received, which I don't want to say I was surprised, but a little bit because it is Top Gun. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to it. I think, yeah, I saw the featurette that they released where they got every actor to train to fly the fighter pilots, uh, to fly the fighter jets, excuse me. Um, and you know, so I don't know to what level they're flying in every scene, but you gotta respect that they actually kind of learned how to do that. I don't think I could ever learn how to do a fly a fighter jet. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm seeing it this week. I have to rewatch Top Gun. I saw it for the first time last year. Might be on the list today to do after I finish uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers later today. Yeah, I see. I, I love Chip and Dale Rescue Ranger. I don't even, I, like, I, if we're talking about Oscar movie, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I adored it. I thought it was great. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm actually seeing it tomorrow. But look, actually, we could speak to somebody that has seen the movie. Adriana, how, where were your expectations leading into the film? And then also thoughts on the original? Uh, my expectations going into the movie, I think, like most people said, like, it might, I, was, I was never a big Top Gun fan. So I when those... I'm not, I was, again, I wasn't really shocked that it was positive. It's just the extent of how positive the reactions were before the movie came out. I was like, oh my God. And then it got picture buzz. I was like, no, oh God, now I actually have to see this. <laughs> and then, and then I was lucky enough to have seen it last week. And honestly, <laughs> what, what the reviews are saying are pretty correct. I don't know, but the, the Oscar buzz is a different thing, but like, you know, it, it just improves on the original in almost every possible conceivable way. The the flight sequences are genuinely like that. It's one of those movies where, like, I, I hate saying this, but you know, it's like you do have to see this on the biggest screen imaginable with this one. Uh, you know, it, it. But yeah, the flight sequences are awesome, but also like it has a, a surprising amount of emotional depth that I was not expecting because um, the first one didn't really have any of that. Um, so yeah, I I was absolutely like just completely blown away by the movie, and I this is not an exaggeration. The second the credits start rolling, I just bought another IMAX ticket. 
I love that. I love to hear that. I mean, like I'm seeing it tomorrow. I don't know where my screening's in. I'm really hoping it's IMAX because I know they shot a lot of the sequences in IMAX. I'm really crossing my fingers, but I'm sure it'll be in a theater where like, you know, the AC is half working and the screen's like, the sound's just dreadful. But um, with that being said, we're going to transition to the draft. Um, we have two two-round draft where the first of the two rounds is going to focus on the actors that were nominated but lost their respective categories. And then the second of the two drafts is going to be best uh, supporting actors that were snubbed, did not get nominated at all. Um, each round is going to have each of us pick two people. We can't pick the same person. Um, as I do every week, I'm going to hit the randomizer and I'm going to make Jillian pick a number between one and three. And this is going to determine our draft uh, order for the first round. So Jillian, pick a number one, two, three. I'm gonna pick two. Easy, easy. She's like, um, one and two. Larry is first, Adriana is second, Jack is third, Jillian's fourth, and then myself is last. So, Larry, you have the cream of the crop. You got first pick, which can be a good thing and a bad thing. So, kick us <laughs> off with your pick. And I'm like, oh, low key. I don't know if I want to be first, but. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm not actually going to be all that great at this. Um, so I would have liked it to like see what's going on first. So let's see. Okay. Okay. Uh, so for my, this is for the nominees, correct? Yep. Nominated, but lost. Okay. So my picks for this, I am going to start off with Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction as my top pick, uh, specifically because I just think it's a little bit outrageous that he lost that award. Uh, <laughs> I think his performance was the best in that category, and he should have he should have already been an Oscar winner uh, after Pulp Fiction. Didn't need that uh, kind of honorary Oscar they gave him this past year. He should have already had one on his mantle. But yes, and then uh, oh, just one, just one, just one, just one, just one, just one. Yep, just one. You're good. You're good. Oh, yeah. Larry's like, no, I'm going to take all the ones I like right off the top. I'm not even going to give anybody else the opportunity. All right, Adriana, you are next. Uh, so the one I'm going to go with is someone who I, I rarely get like upset with the Oscars. Uh, this one made me flat out like, I cannot believe he lost. And that's Sylvester Stallone for Creed. I... It just everything was in his favor. It seemed that okay, not everything, but like it, it seemed like a lot was in his favor, and and it just so it was it made it extra heartbreaking because he gave like an unbelievable performance as Rocky Balboa in in Creed, and it sh it, it would have been like one of my favorite wins like possibly ever, but no, they went with the British guy. All right. Well, do you remember pre-show? I had mentioned that if any, so funny enough, this is literally one of the most heartbreaking things that's ever happened to the Oscars. And the funny thing about it is obviously he lost to Mark Rylance. So this past or the week before I had interviewed Simon Farnaby and uh, Craig Roberts for the Phantom of the Open. And I asked the question, which it's like, I feel like this is my, you know, villain story of just like hearing about Mark Rylance win because it makes me so mad and I was like hey guys what attracted Mark Rylance for this you know what made you want to cast him and they were like his Oscar and I've never really wanted to just turn off my zoom and leave the middle of an interview in my entire life just because they brought it up and it pained me 
And now, it, thank you for joining us. And you could just leave mid-draft. It's no big deal. I'm kidding. Um, but that was painful. It is one of the most painful Oscar losses ever. Like, it was, that moment was there. I, we were going to get an Oscar, another Oscar speech, this generation's Oscar speech of Rocky. You know what I mean? And it was just going to be, he was going to scream out, you know, yo, Adrian, or something on the stage. Who would have been upset cry. about that? Like, it's one of those, like, who would have been angry at that? Yeah. Like, but apparently the voters, apparently. Exactly. Uh, Jack, you are up. God, I'm gonna be so bad at this. Um, <laughs> I have to clarify is this is this snake draft or is this no, it, no, it, it just Larry will go first again the second round. Okay, oh god, okay, I'm gonna be bad at this. I have a <laughs> list, I have a list, but I don't know if they're good or not. Um, this is all uh, like our own opinion, man. It's it's we're just having fun here. I know, but I'm very competitive. Um, <laughs> give me, give me Mark Wahlberg for The Departed. I, I mean, w- w- when I think of The Departed, this is bad because I love The Departed, one of my favorite movies of all time. When I think of The Departed, though, I, I, I always think of, of a scene with Mark Wahlberg in it. I, I mean, it, he he just is is the ultimate batshit crazy role in this movie and i absolutely love it and i mean yeah that's that's all i gotta say i mean he's he's awesome in that movie love that movie so much jillian you are up my pick would be um tom cruise for magnolia um what I love about the movie Magnolia, even though it is three hours, is that you get to see kind of growth between like each character that you watch. And I remember when I first put that on and it's just like Tom Cruise shouting at you and you're just like, who is this psychopath? Um, And you just like absolutely hate him. And then within like the last hour of the film, like you kind of feel like, oh no, like now I'm starting to care for you. Like, I think it's just a very versatile like a lot of range in one movie that I really haven't seen from him I don't know because I feel like we think of him as a stuntman obviously we're just talking about Top Gun 2 um we think about him Mission Possible which he's also great at but I think this one just like kind of struck me because it was something that I feel like I haven't seen him really do in his career and I think just pairing up with Paul Thomas Anderson and that collaboration was just really wild um and I think it's just a performance that I think about and whenever I tell people to watch Magnolia I always bring that up I'm like it's going to be one of the weirdest performances you see from Tom Cruise but it's really going to get you and you're just going to watch like an actor kind of unravel themselves throughout their journey of I guess their character journey which is you know storytelling at its finest um and I feel like that one just always sticks with me where I was kind of surprised that I saw that he was nominated for that one. Um, Cause I just think it was just so out of the box. I, I'm like glad that he got credit and like celebration for that. But yeah, I think that would, that would be my pick. It's a great pick. I love Tom Cruise. And I just feel like he should at least have two Oscars in my opinion, at least right now. And he has like it zero and it, it really hurts my heart. His other one should be for Jerry Maguire, which I absolutely love that movie. Um, but and I need to go rewatch Magnolia. Just it's been a while. So and it's like going to be a Tom Cruise episode because I'm going to probably bring him up later in the episode. So that's it's going to be like it's the perfect little episode. I'm just going to call this the Tom Cruise episode. All right. So for my pick, I went with uh, this is a Homer pick for me, but also feel like this should have been 
his first Oscar, and that's Leonardo DiCaprio in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Um, his performance in that is... I don't even know how to like I literally sent somebody a gif of one of the movies I was going to talk about this movie this week and I like cried just sending the gif because I remember the moment in my head it's just like it's such a gut-wrenching performance and it's so beautiful and that story is amazing and like I love the fugitive I do I love it and, and I understand why DiCaprio didn't win he was taking on Tommy Lee Jones obviously for the fugitive but like if you look at those performances side by side, you cannot tell me that Tommy Lee Jones's performance is better. I do know that DiCaprio at the time was 18, so that probably didn't help his cause. You know what I mean? The, the Academy has kind of been shied towards young performances. It's he, just brilliant. I love DiCaprio. I love the performance. And yeah, that's going to be my easy number one pick. Um, Larry, back to you. Uh, okay. <laughs> So after going through everything, um, I'm going to just go kind of with, with my heart to performance that is very moving and the entire film really hinges on you caring about this performance. Uh, so I'm going to go with Michael Clark Duncan in The Green Mile. Um, it's just as a beautiful performance, a one of the most uh, emotive performances, I think. Uh, it was a tough, a tough year, obviously. My other list actually was a, was another loser uh, to Tommy Lee Jones. Was the other one I was really bouncing back and forth on this list between on who to go second, but. Ultimately, I'm, I'm going with my heart and the, the performance that really just moved me and many others to just a babbling mess uh, by the end of that film. So Michael Clark Duncan in The Green Mile. It's crazy to even think that he didn't win an Oscar for that performance. Like that movie is so just, it's so beautiful. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Another movie that makes you just cry thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, man. All right, so back to you, Adriana. That's it's it's your turn. Please, this time, if you could just stay away from my picks, that would be great. I would really greatly appreciate it. Uh, no promises. Uh, <laughs> uh, similarly, I'm, I'm picking. Similarly, it was someone who actually looked like they were about to win, and it would have been once again a legend winning their first Oscar. It would have been a great moment, and top of the fact that the that it was an amazing totally deserving performance that would be eddie murphy in dream girls oh, man that one that one hurts as well because i watched dream girls like a couple weeks ago and i'm just and i and i was already kind of like i can't believe he lost for this but then it was even more like that was it's just such a great performance by eddie and like the fact that like you know it would have been I'm a huge Eddie Murphy fan and it's like, oh my God, that would have, he would have been Oscar winner for this and it would have been the most deserving win. And then just, then Alan Arkin showed up for 10 minutes and that happened. Another, another actor who should have an Oscar that does not have Eddie Murphy. I, th uh, I think Kenzie had asked a question to our group chat the other day. She's like, who do you think is going to be one of the people that are next to get one of those honorary Oscars? Eddie Murphy's got to be on that list, like on the upper echelon of that list, because like, he's just incredible. Um, I'm excited. He's back though. Like Dolomite was so good. I love Dolomite. I love Dolomite so much. So um, Jack, Oh God. Okay. Um, 
This is tough. Uh, okay, I, I'm gonna go a little homer for for a pick that I don't know if it's maybe the one that's gonna resonate, but I love this performance so much. Um, give me Mark Ruffalo and Spotlight. Um, I love Spotlight. Uh, I, I resonate with it a lot, being someone that that got a degree in journalism and did all of that stuff before transitioning. Um, and I think that his performance in this is is shocking at times. It's incredibly emotional. And I think that he is one of the MVPs of this movie from a performance standpoint. Um, and yeah, the first time watching this film, I was just, just blown away. Uh, and I think that Ruffalo was one of the, the reasons for that, just with his performance. So I'm going to go with Ruffalo and Spotlight. One of my more favorite best picture recent wins jillian um my next pick is gonna have to be anthony hopkins for the two popes um i think that your best supporting actor lineup i think it was strong in like name recognition i mean i love brad pitt but i just feel like that performance from anthony hopkins like i wasn't expecting myself to like the two popes like i didn't really know what it was about going in. I didn't know much about like the Catholic religion or like the popes and the history of it. And it, while it does from the surface seem really like Oscar Beatty and like, oh, another biopic, it is such a beautiful film that I constantly like recommend to people. And I read like people think that it was like a safe bet for Netflix. And I wish that they put more money into advertising and marketing it. But I think it's like such a risk that both Jonathan Price and Anthony Hopkins takes because they're literally like just sitting like they're just sitting and having a conversation a conversation about things that like not a lot of people would want to talk about and I just think the performance by Anthony Hopkins is just so incredible and like I'm glad that he won for the father the next year but I think it's just one that like is missed a lot when people talk about like his greatest roles or just like it's just two uh, it's just two people you're really giving like a master class of acting and you, you can really feel like that they care what they're talking about and just feel like experts. I think it's like one of those biopics scenarios where you're, you kind of like envision that, per like you envision Anthony Hopkins as like the Pope or like, cause they, they just do, he just does such a great job at making you believe it and feeling very immersive. And I just love, like, I love that film and I just love his performance in it so much. Another one of those guys where it's like, you look at his filmography, he's got two Oscar wins and it's like, I could see maybe five. And it's, I still think that his performance in The Father is one of the more devastating performances of the last decade. Like it really, like that performance really messed me up. And yeah, Two Popes was a movie that when I first watched it, I was like, this is not that good. This is very Oscar bait. And then I revisited it like a year later because I was like, somebody said, it's really good, I promise. And I watched it and it's very it's not easy just like I mean I don't know because I don't I've never done it but it's like it's not easy sitting there it can't be easy sitting in a room and just acting you know what I mean like when you interview people it's it's not there's no extra elements to it there's no fx there's no no crazy things going on it's just you having a conversation and it's you know yeah Anthony Hopkins is so good so so good all right so for my final pick I went with someone um that I went in the same tone. I, I really just like think comedy performances don't really get a whole lot, but comedy actors even more so. And I went with um, Jonah Hill for Moneyball. 
Um, I love Jonah Hill and I think he's an incredible actor. And he's like one of those ones where it kind of surprises you. You see his transition. Like he's funny in the movie, but he's also very serious. I love that movie. I think Moneyball is one of the best movies. It's incredibly funny to talk to people that don't even like baseball that love Moneyball because of how good it is. Brad Pitt's incredible in it. The screenplay is incredible. The movie just got undersold completely by the Oscars. But uh, Jonah Hill and Moneyball is one of my favorite performances. And it's just, it's another one of those, like, it would have been cool wins. I feel like if you're not going to, like, always look at comedy performances and be like, I'm going to, you're going to win that for best actor. Like, like throw him a bone or two every once in a while in the supporting roles. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really feel like you could because I loved, loved, loved Jonah Hill in this. So, yeah. All right. So now... We're going to transition to the second of the two drafts. This uh, two rounds is going to be focused on snubbed performances. These are the ones that were snubbed and did not make it onto the ballot, which is going to be interesting to talk about in, uh, in this. So with that being said, I am going to go to Larry, pick a number one through three, and we're going to shake things up and what we got. The two is actually my favorite number, but since it was picked in the first round, I'm gonna I'm gonna vary it up just a little bit then, and I'm just I'm just gonna go with the number one. One, all right. So we've got Jack, myself, Jillian, Adriana, Larry, last. <laughs> there you go, number one. There you go. There we one. go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. All right, Jack. So you're gonna lead us off with the performance that was snubbed from the Academy in the Supporting Actor category. This is worst case scenario for me going number one overall. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Um, I kind of wanted to see how the board kind of fell. Um, oh God, okay. Oh boy, give me... Oh boy. Give me Daniel Kaluuya for Widows. Uh, that is a creepy performance just so good and i think for kalia he eventually wins for judas and black messiah which was incredibly well deserved um but widows uh, that movie one is wild i really like that i really love widows and i think kalia's performance is one of the one of the main reasons why because it's just so good so i, I gotta go with kalia number one overall for uh for widows yeah, that's a that's a movie that that's a strong strong pick. Like if you're gonna try to win this entire thing, Widows is the type of movie that you go behind because it's really strong with people. Because if you watch it, it's crazy. Like I watched it in a theater. I'll I'll tell you guys a story another day. But it was just it's a it's a funny story. But that's a great pick. Great great pick. I love it. Kulu is amazing. Uh, oh, it's my pick. Great. So somebody can't steal all my stuff. Um, I'm going to go with a performance. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go with my Tom Cruise pick here. I'm going to go with Tom Cruise in the color of money. Um, I've talked about this movie so many times over the last couple episodes of the show. Um, the color of money is one of my all time favorite films. It's one of my, it's, it's just brilliant. It's one of Scorsese, one of my favorite Scorsese, Scorsese directions because it's so kind of simple, but at the same, same time, like this story of, you know, a couple pool hustlers and how they lay it out and how he directs the scenes of when they're playing pool together is so just insane. Like you're in the middle of these games and I love it. Um, 
but Tom Cruise, like Paul Newman won an Oscar for this. Like he literally won an Oscar for his performance in this. And I'm like, this, he goes toe to toe with him. And this is early, again, very early Tom Cruise. And it's, it's, he's the hot shot. It's funny. Cause like early on the career, like Cruise plays a lot of unlikable characters that turn into likable guys at the end of the movies. Like, I mean, I just thought about that. Cause you talk about Magnolia in the beginning of Jerry Maguire, he's not very likable because he's just that arrogant guy. And this, he's like an arrogant pool player. Like, it's kind of funny to put two and two together, but I love this film. And if you have not seen it, it's on Prime Video because it's incredible. I'm probably going to watch it later. But yeah, The Color of Money is a great movie, but Tom Cruise in it is even better. Um, so that's my pick. And the Tom Cruise Assance continues. So Jillian, it is your turn. Okay, um, I was recently on film Twitter and someone posted like a, what's it called? A video, I don't know why I forgot the name of the video, of um, the scene from Chicago of we both reach for the gun. And then it had me thinking of how was everyone in Chicago nominated except Richard Gere. Um, and I remember he did like an interview where he was asked like, he was like, everyone who got in that morning except me. And you know, you watch Chicago which I think is one of the greatest like musical movie adaptations that we've had in recent years. And you're just wondering where, where was he on nomination morning? Like how, again, how did everyone get in? And you kind of look at the lineup of 2002 and it's not very strong. Like I, there's so many performances in 2002 lineup that I would swap out. And I think he definitely carries a lot of the movie of Chicago and plays such an interesting character and um, really does a good job in the musical sense because um, I feel like that is such a switch up for him. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know, just that one scene of we both reach for the gun, like I think that should have been the submission for him to be nominated for supporting. And that is my pick. Chicago is like the first movie I remember falling in love with the Oscars. Like I was a very young, I, I watched them leading up to that. I, I enjoyed them, but Chicago was so good. And it was like one of the first years, like where some of like the Oscar, they were winning Oscars. And I was like, Oh my God, this is like a movie. I like winning Oscars. And you're right. I, it's crazy. I go back and realize he wasn't because John C. Riley was obviously nominated. Um, but I personally feel like, I think I would have even went, reached to Richard Gere winning that year too. Like I, I his performance is strong. Um, and I even love adaptation with Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper was great in it. But uh, Adriano, you are up. What we got? Uh, I'm also going to continue with uh, Tom Cruise. Um, go. Let's go. Uh, and honestly, whenever I think about supporting performances, I always jump to this <sighs> performance. I, you I know, know where you're going. I already know where you're going. It's To me, this movie has one of the best ensembles, in my opinion, ever. And that's in Tropic Thunder, Tom Cruise's performance as Les Grossman is like, it's iconic. It's, it's like, like you said, he played in, like he's in the beginning of Tom Cruise's career, he plays arrogant people that ended up being likable. That's not the case in, in here. He's just an arrogant Ari Gold-esque uh, producer the entire movie. And like, yeah, it's just an iconic performance for one, not just because of the way he looks, but you know, just like the way his mannerism, the entire film, like his, that famous outburst of his, like that's all Tom Cruise. It's famous because of him, like because of his performance there. And you know, his co-star Driver Down Jr. got in deservedly so, but I think, you know, if I were to nominate anyone for that uh, movie, it's gotta be Tom Cruise. 
Yeah, and I, I think he's awesome. I love Tropic Thunder. I, I listened to, so I was listening to Kevin Hart's podcast and he had Ben Stiller on and they talked about that movie and Stiller talked about how they, he started writing that movie in like the early 80s. And like, he never thought he was really going to get it made because of, obviously, I mean, look at the script. I mean, it's a pretty outlandish script, but he started writing it then and then it kind of came to fruition. And of course, everybody that was a part of it, it's like, oh man, I love Tropic Thunder so much. It's such such a great, and I actually love that podcast because the cable guy is incredible. And Ben Stiller talks about it, how much like it got so much hate when it first came out in, in 93 or whatever it was. But um, I love the cable guy. Does anybody here like the cable guy? I'm the only person. Anybody? Wanna oh, I like the cable guy. Okay, perfect. All right, Larry. That's Larry's like, mm, no, thanks, buddy. All right. Um, so, oh, Larry, speaking of which. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so, I don't know. This first round didn't really make it too much easier, I have to say, on this. So, I was kind of, I was like, oh, okay, this time I get to go last. I'm actually, I was kind of like Jack, like, I want to, I want to like feel things out a little bit. Um, Ultimately, I'm going to go with an actor that has not been nominated yet in a year in which he had three films that he starred in nominated for Best Picture and he still missed out. And I'm going to go with Michael Stuhlbarg for Call Me By Your Name. Uh, he's a big heart of that film. We had lots of love throughout the entirety of award season. Uh, I believe even he who shall no longer be named was getting nominated for Best Supporting Actor when the whole time it should have been Michael Stuhlbarg being nominated for Best Supporting Actor. And especially, you know, he had the post, he had The Shape of Water, he had Call Me By Your Name. He was in all three of them. They all ended up getting into Best Picture. And he just kind of was sitting there with no, no love for his contributions specifically to this film. He's given a ton of amazing supporting performances over the past decade. And I think this is this is still kind of the highlight for me. So I'm going with the dad we all wish we had in Michael Stuhlbarg. Incredible performance, incredible performance. Love it. Uh, Jack, you're back on the clock. All right. The board fell how I wanted it to, so I'm very happy. Um, I'm going full Homer here. Uh, this is a performance from last year that I campaigned so much. I campaigned the film so much. I campaigned everything about this movie so much, and it got zero love in any of the awards. Please give me Jason Isaacs for Mass. Please. That's a good one. one of the most incredible performances I've seen in the longest time when I saw it at Sundance I was like, what did I just watch? It is an incredible film that got zero love. I'm very happy with my board here. And I need Jason Isaacs for Mass. Yeah, I I still don't understand that one. How, and I'll how, never, I'll never How did that movie it. get no love? How did that movie get I, zero love? Zero love. I remember it's, watching it's, it's it at incredible. Sundance and being, yeah. I, actually, you know, I hate it. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it at Sundance. I didn't. I, I didn't I, love it at Sundance. And I then watched I watched that, it like three months later and was like blown away. I, I watched it with my mom at during Sundance. And we looked at each other after and we're like, how is that just not going to be a front runner for Best Picture? And obviously, Coda, the other big one from Sundance, ended up winning. But 
no love at all. Because so Bleaker gotta... isn't good. Well, their campaign for it was dreadful. I um, I slightly disagree. I slightly disagree with their campaign on it. They don't have a lot of money. They did put the movie in front of people. Like it was the first screener I got in the mail, which I think could have been an issue. Um, but it was the first screener I got in the mail from that year. Um, they did host a lot of Q and A's out in LA. Like even during AFI week, they had a Q and A with the entire cast. And I was kind of like, they did do their part with the money they had. Like, you know what I mean? Like just didn't have a whole lot of money, you know? And that's, I think if audiences are sitting there in Sundance theaters, when that movie releases, I think we're talking about a completely different film. Cause I think a bigger studio would have picked that up. It's just, I think the same, I feel the same way about with on the count of three, like there's a lot of different movies I feel like could have been, a little bit stronger had that been in person because a lot of people are going to walk out of that movie like distraught crying upset all sorts of things and you can get that feel from people being inside the theater and i don't think you got that here because everybody was watching it at home and Dowd certainly i thought i thought yep. she was working it she was working those q a she uh, was working yep. the circuit charming the pants off of everyone and it still didn't work so yeah It'll be just one of those movies that we'll talk about. I think that'll be easily remembered in like 10 years. And while some of these other movies that were nominated this year um, will not be. And that's just kind of how I personally feel like I would have nominated um, all five of Jason Isaac over every single person that got nominated, even the winner. So um, let's see who is next. Oh, I'm next. Here we go. Um, I'm going to go with a person actually going to do the same thing. I'm going to go with a person that has never been nominated. And it's kind of crazy to think about that he hasn't been nominated. And he's one of the best, uh, you know, he's one of the best actors, I think, that just is criminally underrated in a lot of different things, but he just shows up in every single one. And that's Paul Dano for There Will Be Blood. Um, incredible performance. Um, I, I don't really know what else to say about Paul Dano in that movie. I, I, I go back time and time again and think to myself, how was he not nominated? How was he not nominated? And, and we're talking about a film that was, you know, it, it did get some love. You know what I mean? It did get some love. I think it was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It got eight nominations that morning. And I mean, it did end up winning two, obviously, with Daniel Day-Lewis being one of them and cinematography being the other. But um, I think it might be PTA's best film, um, like overall, well-made, well-acted, all of those things together. And, and the fact that we already have eight nominations, like what would have hurt anybody to, you know, throw a bone to Paul Dano? I mean, especially, I understand he might not have won because, you know, that is also the year I think of Javier Bardem. So who's incredible as an official, but at least throw him in there. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I just, Paul Dano's incredible. One day he's going to win an Oscar, whether it's now or 40 years, whenever they, they give him an honorary one because he's been in so much stuff. Um, but I just love Paul Dano and I love There Will Be Blood. Uh, Jillian, you are up. Okay. Um, this one I'm kind of torn on because I was like, do I go 2002 or do I go this year? Because I just... I felt like the best supporting actor category this year was just not good. Could have been improved a lot. So I'm probably going to add my pick into that because it was just very 
I don't know what happened. I don't know what movies the Academy was watching. Um, but this one is from my favorite movie of 2021 that I watched 10 times. I'm obsessed with it. And it's going to be Anxel Danielson Lai. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Apologies if I butchered it. From The Worst Person in the World, he plays Anxel, um, Julie's boyfriend. And I just like think that a lot of the conversation around the film definitely belonged to Renata, but I just feel like his performance was just like what I think of what a supporting actor is supposed to do. You know, he's in this film as her boyfriend, who's a little bit older than her. He's more well-established and she's just like this millennial girl that's trying to get it together. And he offers a very sensitive kind of outlook and like reach to her until he kind of reaches his own breaking point where he's like you need to make a decision like I can't like my life is going on like I can't you know keep doing this for you but he doesn't like play it in a way that's just like you're like oh like why is he being like this to her like he kind of towards the end where they do eventually break up it kind of feels like he does such a good job at explaining why he gets to that point and I think it's just like a performance that was left out of conversations last year that I think would have been a really nice like surprise on Academy Morning because I definitely feel like a lot of people love the film and I think it's due to its entire cast and its writing and that's just one that sticks with me that I feel like should have got more love and I enjoyed it. Academy nominate more foreign performances. It's okay. Like it's okay. Like so many different films recently that just paid to dust, including Parasite. So that one still hurts. Um, let's see, Arizona, you are up next. All right. Um, so I'm going, it's it's also a re, not last year, but like two years before. Um, it's, in my opinion, better than all five of the supporting actors who were nominated. That's Willem Dafoe for The Lighthouse. Uh, that like he that performance could have easily just been like uh like a parody-esque like sea shanty but um he Willem Dafoe was genuinely like how like it, like impossible to look away from he was like I don't use this word often but at, like legitimately mesmerizing to like watch and like just be the craziest version of Willem Dafoe imaginable I uh well I will let you have your moment because I will not say how I feel about Lighthouse. Says I love you. So good. <laughs> but love. I know I'm sometimes in the minority, especially when it comes to that film speaking. Uh, Larry, go ahead and rock and roll. Okay, so this is a tough like final pick. Um, it really is. I really wanted to pick. So obviously, I'm, I'm not going with this one because this is what I wanted to pick, but I was torn on if it would be category fraud. Uh, <laughs> so I really wanted to pick Nathan Lane from The Birdcage because I think that is one of the most powerhouse tour de force comedic performances of all time. I absolutely adore it. I did see in other random categories, he got nominated for both lead and supporting. And that's why I was like, uh, it's real tough. Where are we? Is he co-lead with Robin Williams or what? So I love you, Nathan Lane. It's definitely a comedic performance. I wish it gotten more recognition, but we all remember you now, darling. It's okay. Uh, so I'm going to go with um, 
someone else who ha has not been nominated, who has a legendary career in uh, television, certainly, and theater, certainly, and film as well. And for a subset of films that we all are always wishing received more recognition when they do great work in comic book adaptations. So I'm going to go with Sir Patrick Stewart in Logan. Uh, it's very sad. I think he has never had a role that has, has gotten him, you know, some recognition with the Academy as storied as his career is. Uh, in so many ways, he is the heart of that film specifically. Logan was able to get on the board for adapted screenplay, which of course has still not been replicated for a comic book adaptation and was never done before. And I just, I don't know, I adored his performance. I thought Hugh Jackman was fantastic as well, but uh, just... Patrick Stewart ripped my heart out in that film. I thought he was amazing. And so I'm going to go with, with Patrick Stewart. Such an incredible film. One of the, one of the most, one of the best comic book movies ever made. It still is. It still holds weight in my opinion as, as that. And it's the memory of Patrick Stewart that I always wanted to leave. And then of course, Dr. Strange ruined that. Um, but Let's see here. Before we go, some great picks across the board. I'm going to go around the table and give everybody a chance to plug your work, plug your Twitter and stuff like that. If there was somebody you didn't get a chance to mention in the draft, drop them. A couple snubs. If you have some on either side of the fence, give me your plugs before we go. Adriana, you can kick us off there. Uh, so I'll start with like the snubs, I guess. Uh, I was going to say this, but I didn't for obvious reasons, which I think you'll know when I say it. I was going to say Shia LaBeouf for Honey Boy. I decided to stay clear of that for obvious reasons, but, you know, ickiness aside, I thought the performance was wonderful. Uh, Benicio Del Toro for Sicario, I almost said him. Um, ben Foster, Howard Highwater. Yeah, there's a couple I could have chosen. But um, anyway, uh, you can find me on Twitter at a danger C or a general danger cap. So I don't know. I thought the danger thing was funny. I don't know. Um, and then on my YouTube, which is again, a general danger cap. So I leaned into the danger thing way too much. Jack to you. Uh, the one big snub that I didn't um, mention was Hugh Jackman for prisoners. I think he's incredible in that film, um, but I had to go with Jason Isaacs because that performance will forever be incredible to me um but yeah you can find me on twitter at jack lotteray um take out the sun jack lotteray youtube same uh jack lotteray and ricky is very excited for me to drop my on the count of three video essay on monday so be on the lookout for that but uh yeah thank you for having me today jillian to you um i think one of my snubs that I wanted to mention was Tom Hanks and Catch Me If You Can. I don't know if that would be if he's co-lead. Like I think he's definitely more supporting in my eyes, but I'm kind of I don't know that I, he probably was um, pushed to probably lead, and that's why Christopher Walken got in for supporting, which is questionable. But I don't know. I just love that performance and such a fun film for both DiCaprio and Hanks. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Jillian Chili, and then also my website is off screen with Jillian and Sophia. And I'm also on TikTok at off screen with Jillian. And yeah, thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. 
Absolutely. And oh, I, and by the way, catch me if I can. I love that movie. It's such an easy watch and go back and watch over and over and over and over again. So good. Uh, Larry? Yeah. So on the snub side of things, I definitely wanted to highlight like Kyle Chandler and Carol. I know obviously Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara are the, the big roles, but I think his character is really nuanced and really complicated. And he does such an amazing job in that role. But then again, the Academy just kind of uh, looked over Carol at large the year <laughs> out so you know also I thought Steve Carell and Beautiful Boy was amazing and Stanley Tucci in The Devil Wears Prada I would have pushed as well uh, but you can find me at Chili Boy YT on Twitter as well as Chili Boy Productions over on Instagram and YouTube I want to thank all of you guys for joining me um, on the show today. It's a, it was a great time. Um, the one I want to shout out before we go, somehow Michael Shannon got Aaron Taylor Johnson's nomination for Nocturnal Animals. I'm still confused on how that happened considering Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson was getting nominated everywhere. And I do believe he won the Golden Globe. I'm pretty positive he won the Golden Globe as well. He did. <laughs> so it, I still don't understand what happened that morning and I'll never understand it at all. Make sure to check out oscarcentral.com for all of the latest news and stuff coming out of Cannes. Um, I am excited. I do know that there is a fun podcast being recorded later today that will be highlighted in the near future. Again, thank you everybody here for joining me and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.